Welcome to In Him with Pastor Dan Wormuth of Joplin Family Worship Center, located on East 7th Street in Joplin, where they are passionate about sharing the freedom and forgiveness found in Jesus Christ. Now, here's Pastor Dan with this week's edition of In Him. A non-believer don't got a hallelujah, but believers have a hallelujah. Jesus is alive. Death has lost its victory, and the grave has been denied. My Jesus lives forever. He's alive. I didn't practice it with Joe, so I'm not going to make him play it for me, but you know, the song's up in my spirit today. Now, you know your spirit is full of goodness of the Lord when they say spirit. There you go. Okay, so... Come on, get your Bibles with me. And we're going to have you run on over to the book of Romans. We're going to look at chapter 6. While you're on your way there, just want to talk to some of you. Hey, the doctor said gloom, doom, despair, and agony on you. But Jesus is risen from the dead. He sets us free. Today in this message, I want to declare to you that every one of you who might have gotten an edict from a doctor that said something other than what the Word of God says, I want you to set that aside, and I want you to put the Word of God in your mouth today. We're going to declare something else. We declare life. Somebody said life. We declare life today and life more abundantly. I thank God for doctors and nurses. They observe the current circumstance or situation, but there is a great physician Lord, I feel my helper already. There's a great physician who says, by my stripes, you are the healed of the Lord. Not someone trying to get healed. You are the healed of the Lord. So what we're doing is activating the manifestation of what was already paid for. So those of you this morning, you're not whatever the issue has been, or whatever the doctor has said, I just want you to know, I know some of you by name, been calling your name before the Lord. And this morning in this message, I believe there's a word for you concerning resurrecting power on the inside of you. And every cell in your body will respond. For in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And this is what he did. He said, let there be. He spoke. And when he spoke, it was. And I want us today, as we speak the word of God, and as we proclaim his word, I want you to let the sound of resurrected word begin to activate the cells in your body. They must come into normal function and behavior. Every liver, every kidney, every heart, Every lung, every brain, every inner ear, every muscle, every bone, every, every cell of your blood. Are you hearing me? Every internal organ. Hear the sound of the word of the Lord. There is life today for Christ the Lord is risen today. Hallelujah. All right, I gave you enough time. Get to Romans. Listen, we got to dig into the word for a few minutes here and just see what God would have uh, your heart to hear with me today. Been listening, and I'm not going to go through the traditional narrative of the resurrection. If you don't know it, it's in the book. You can find it. It's written right there, and so I love it. And I will just tell you, there's a powerful passage of scripture. Um, that can be found right here in Romans chapter 6. So we're going to read some of it to you, okay? So uh, we'll let him rest his fingers just a minute. Reading from the Living Bible right here, it says this. Your old sin-loving nature 
was buried with him, speaking of Jesus, by baptism when he died. And when God the Father with glorious power brought him back to life again, you were given his wonderful new life to enjoy. Hallelujah. For you have become a part of him. And so you died with him, so to speak, when you died. And now uh, you share his new life and shall rise as he did. Your old evil desires were nailed to the cross with him. That part of you that loves to sin was crushed and fatally wounded so that your sin-loving body would no longer be, is no longer under sin's control, no longer needs to be a slave to sin. For when you are deadened to sin, you are freed from all of its allure and its power over you. And since your old sin loving nature, don't you love the way that that living Bible just calls it? Yeah, that sin loving nature. Aren't you glad, Jesus? Yes, okay, I'll get back to it. So that old sin loving nature died with Christ. Did you hear me today? That old sin loving nature died with Christ. It's a lie when the devil says, you just a mess of sin. Nope. No, my Bible says right here, because we've come to faith in Christ, because we've been buried with him in the waters of baptism, raised again into newness of life, that old sin love and nature has died with Christ. And we know that you will share his new life, for Christ rose from the dead and will never die again. Hey, hallelujah. He died no longer. Death no longer has any power over him. He died once and for all to incense power. But now he lives forever in unbroken fellowship with God. So look. Look upon your old sin. Look, look, look upon your old sin nature as dead. Look at it as dead and unresponsive to sin. That you are no longer responding to sin. Aren't you glad? And instead be alive to God. Alert to him through Jesus Christ our Lord. I love this passage. It is the living component of what we are now in this moment calling Resurrection Sunday, Easter Sunday in many traditions. This moment of his resurrection, I would like us to do something more than just observe the day. I want us to live in the power of its purpose today. Resurrection is a lifestyle. Come on, somebody. Resurrection is a lifestyle, not a one-time experience. This passage we just read said to us that because Christ is raised from the dead, he can die no more, and our old sin nature has died with him, so it has been put under, and now we are raised again into newness of life with him in baptism, so you and I are now living in not an experience The moment I got saved, I'm living in a lifestyle, everyday resurrection. Lord, have mercy. Every day. It's an everyday resurrection. Listen, this is the reason why this is important. Because right now there are forces 
in this world who are doing their very best to scare the living daylights out of you. And when that happens, when fear overtakes people, they go running away from life and they cast down that nature of Christ that's been given to them and they let that old nature resurrect. And Jesus paid for it at the cross. So I'm not going to let that happen. Let's just choose together. We're not going to let that happen. We won't let the old nature rise up on the inside. We'll stay steadfast in a lifestyle, not just an experience. Hey, wait, listen. Resurrection's this. It's like a river with a continuous flow. A river with a continuous flow. From out of your belly, the Bible says, shall flow rivers of living water. Those living waters are resurrection waters. Are you hearing me? It's a living life. It's Christ flowing out of us. So he didn't want us to be a dead sea where water can come in but can't go out. He didn't want us to be a uh, um, some of these bodies of waters that I've read about uh, concerning a- areas and locations on the planet where there is such decay and there is such death that if you even got into the water, you would die. One body of water is so acidic, it would start to eat your skin and flesh away. That's not the water I'm talking about. I'm talking about a living water that flows from the throne of God as the picture was shown to us in scripture. It's literally the life of resurrection flowing out of us. Come on, somebody say yes and amen to that. Listen, I got a few resurrection memories I just want to share with you as I move on into this, the next part of this message. I remember as a child getting all dressed up uh, to go to church with my mom and dad. Mom and dad were down in, in uh, Texas. They were going to Bible school. They were going to Southern Bible school for all the Southern Bible school people who might be watching. Give me a shout out if you would. And we were living on Gloria Drive, which was just what, five streets over from the little church there. We're called the Campus Church where Brother Mac and Sister Mac were the pastors. And so mom and dad got us three boys ready and, and we were all dressed up, took a picture of us. I got that picture, getting ready to go to church on Easter Sunday morning. It's just a beautiful memory. And then Joe was born down there in Texas and got himself some Texas blood before we left to go back to Michigan, and it stunted his growth. What happened? Everything's big in Texas, but he's smaller than the rest of us. But he got more musical talent than the rest of us. There must have been a musical Texan who gave blood that day. I'm going to just say there was music in the blood as well as power in the blood. Did you hear me? So we, we all come back, and I remember at different times just celebrating uh, Easter as children going to, going to church, mom and dad pastoring. I remember just um, looking for ways that we could um, honor the moment and observe the moment and observe the day. Got great memories as a kid. I remember when we first started pastoring, we wanted uh, Resurrection Sunday to be so powerful. We, we put a cross in the front yard of the church, and we asked the guy if he would get up on it and hang on there. And so we, we gave him a loincloth, and, and he was hanging on the tree. And then we had some mourners at the foot of the cross, and the newspaper come by and saw it and thought, wow, that's a picture, and took a picture of it. It was in the newspaper. That was interesting. Uh, I have I have memories of different encounters with Resurrection Sundays and, and the cross that we had put in the church and just uh, celebrating the life of Christ. Uh, how about you? You got your memories, your 
favorite resurrection Sunday morning memories maybe was you ate some of your candy before you went to church and then your Sunday school teachers were wanting to know why you were bouncing off the wall. Yeah, okay, so uh, Lord, forgive us all for having done that to our Sunday school teachers and our children's ministry workers. Forgive us, Lord, for having done that to them. But I've got those memories. I have memories of of those uh, first uh, Easter as a pastor and and ongoing, but... these memories of these moments are, are in my heart and I enjoy them. I can look at them. But I want to tell you that each time I look at them, it was a moment. It was an experience. It was a, a, a moment in time I could mark or a day in time that I could mark. I want to tell you another memory, another memory of resurrection. When I first met Bishop Cahill and we so enjoyed hearing the word of God from him, and he shared his testimony, how he was, uh, he'd gotten sick and didn't know what was going on and got into the, to the hospital, and he had a blockage uh, um, in, in his body and a gallbladder, and when it released, it sent so much acid down into his pancreas, it fried and killed his pancreas. It exploded on the inside of him. He had necrotitis pancreatitis. He, he, his pancreas was dead. They came in and told him, Pastor, it was at Sunday morning. He's not in his church. And they said, your pancreas is dead. And uh, you'll have a, at best, if you live, you'll have a, a pump in your body for the rest of your life to try to give you insulin. And he heard what the doctor said. He recognized the circumstances. He said, thank you for your report. And when the doctor walked out, he had to do something. He had to do something more than just remember bunnies and chocolate and Easter baskets on an Easter morning. He had to do something more than just think about the times where he had celebrated resurrection. He needed to tap into the power of resurrection. Bear with me. As he began to speak the word of God, he spoke life to his body. While in pain, with all kinds of tubes running in and out of his body, and they're saying to him, it's getting worse. And day after day, day after day, week after week, they'd come in and say, it's worse. It's where every report was worse. But every day he was filling his spirit, activating the word of God on the inside of him with life. He got some of those... uh, um, audio tapes out and started listening to Papa Hagen as he would just read the healing scriptures over and over and over again. And so he played it for hours on end. And as he did, every, every hour was filling him with an activation of a different report and a different word. I'm saying something today. What I'm saying today is that there's resurrection power because there's a river of life on the inside of us, but there's a battle going on in the mind. A report was heard, but my spirit says something else, and now I've got to make a decision. I have to go to the seat of my heart where there's a a chair there where either Christ is going to rule or else um, the circumstances of life are going to rule, and here's what happened. He kept proclaiming the word of the Lord. And after 30 days, they had to come back with a different report. We're not going to operate. We're not going to take a dead organ out of your body. I don't know how to tell you this, Pastor, but something's going on. Your pancreas has come back to life. Now, they had the imagery. It had come apart. It literally exploded. The acid went in and it just exploded on the inside of him. It was a dead organ, dead to him. But the word of God brought resurrection life on the inside of him. 
This morning, I am reminded of more than just a moment. I'm, I'm reminded that every day in that friendship that I have with him and that, that wonderful uh, a man of God as he proclaims the word of the Lord, I see a man who out of his belly is flowing rivers of living water. And his pancreas is producing insulin for his body. It is alive. It is working. It is functioning. He got back his muscle strength. He he is alive today and still serving the Lord. And the reason is because our Easter basket didn't placate the moment, but resurrected life begin to function moment after moment, hour after hour, day after day, week after week. Are you with me? Let me tell you one more story. 2011, as you know, some of you who know Pastor Mom, uh, uh, Joe and our mom from Matthew and my brother Mike and John, in, in 2011, she passed from this world into uh, the arms of Jesus and moved to heaven, as Pastor Cindy likes to say it, and I like it that way. Uh, and I remember the grace of God that came upon us as we walked through that moment, celebrated her life, declared her legacy. It was just an amazing presence of God that was on us. And uh, just the time with my brothers and with all the body of Christ who come and just celebrated her and our extended family. And I can just tell you, there was something just so amazing about God's grace and his shalom that was on us. But there was something missing. What was missing is I could no longer pick up the phone and talk to her and hear her say something to me. Couldn't declare a memory. She could, she would no longer be able to say something to me about how God had met with her and dad through the years. There would be no more declaration, no more testimony from her in, in, on this side of glory. And that began to create a grief on the inside. We traveled home and got to the house and there on top of the table, the dining room table, was a pile of cards from this congregation. And I remember I started to open one or two of those cards. And as I saw your most amazing, loving words, I was overwhelmed with grief. Because the words were saying, we're so sorry for your loss. We're praying for you. And it just was, in that moment, seemed to be a testimony to a loss. I said to my wife, I just can't read these right now. I went to bed and I said, Lord, I, I just, I really have to have, I need to have an understanding of what has really happened here. Pastor Sandy prayed that God would give me a revelation. And that night I went to sleep and sometime in the midst of the night, probably right around three o'clock in the morning, I had a vision. I don't know if it was an open vision or a night vision. All I can tell you is, is suddenly I was in a church building. And I was walking towards the front and I saw a mother's casket up near the front. And as I went walking towards the front, I saw movement in the casket and I knew that's odd. <laughs> like mom's body is in there, probably ought not be moving around. We're getting ready to start what I think is her, her memorial service. And as I keep walking, I see a transformation happen in an instant. And she leans up and yells over at me, Danny. Give me your hand and help me out of this thing. Now, you know, that's what she called me, Danny. So I, I walk over there and I'm looking at her and it's my mom. It's our mom. She still has grayish, like blonde hair, but she's just in a glorified body. And the dress she had on was colors that were moving and, and 
just brilliant and alive. There was resurrection inside the casket. Listen, that would preach for a little while today, but I don't got time. But the, to know that there's resurrected life even in the tomb. Until Jesus came out, he was still resurrected. And so as I reached my hand out to her, not with trepidation, but probably in shock and awe, she grabbed my hand and yanked on it, jumped out of the casket, and started to shout and dance like only my mom could do. You know what I'm talking about, Joe. And in that moment, she turned to the stage and she said, sing that song that you sang last summer. And they immediately began to sing, hallelujah, Jesus is alive. Death has lost its victory and the grave has been denied. And all I could do was throw my hands up in this vision, or dream, whatever you want to call it, and started worshiping the Lord. And I had my eyes on her, and I was watching. And in the dream, I shut my eyes. And when I shut my eyes, my eyes woke up. I was sitting way up in bed. My hands were up, and I was worshiping God. And I realized I had just stopped that thing way too early. By closing my eyes, it opened my eyes. And I got out of bed, and I had to walk the house just worshiping God because I'd had an encounter I had a revelation of resurrection. I knew in that moment, the Lord Jesus Christ wanted me to know she is not dead, but she's alive. The body she lived in no longer was a suitable house for her. But in the vision, he showed me that out of that casket up from the grave, and there she is, alive and living and declaring and worshiping, and a garment that was filled with light and color. And I saw my mother in resurrected glory. And in that moment, I knew that my mother was not dead. She just simply had moved to heaven. I walked to that table after I don't know how long of worshiping God, began to open the cards. And every one of your cards I read at that point, there wasn't a confirmation of grief. Although the words might have said, we're praying for you at this time of loss or in comfort. All I could feel was the love of God as it flowed from resurrection revelation. I'm asking you today to have a revelation of the resurrection. And here's the reason why. Come on. Let's just run on over to Galatians chapter. Let's go to Galatians chapter 2. I'll show you. We'll look at verse 20. This is one of my favorite verses. It says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ that liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So when Paul was speaking to the church at Rome, he was indicating to them that there was a death to the old nature and a life to the new nature. Now Paul is writing to the church at Galatia and he's indicating to these people that I am crucified with Christ, yet nevertheless I live. He's still speaking that beautiful theme. But he says, the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That is, that is a revelation of resurrection for every one of us as believers. I'd like to ask you today on this Resurrection Sunday, can we, re can we move what we know in our head down into our heart and let the matter become a living thing instead of just a knowledge thing? Instead of just walking in the knowledge of it, might we walk in the power of, rev of revelation in it? Listen, it's Christ lives in me, not Christ dying in me. And the life which I now live 
by the flesh, uh, live and in, 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 live. Uh, I'm crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me, gave himself for me. The power of that word is that it's Christ living in me. In the Amplified, it says it this way. I've been crucified with Christ, and in him I have shared his, his um, crucifixion, and it is no longer I who live. So there's someone else on the inside working on the outside. But Christ, the Messiah, lives in me. And the life I now live in this body, I live by faith in and adherence to and reliance on and complete trust in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. So this is not Christ in me dying. This is Christ in me living. Just say that out loud, would you? Just say, uh, Christ in me living. Yeah, Christ in me living. Christ in you at home living. Someone has said, if this is what living is, I don't like it. You don't like the separation? Get, I'm going to just tell you something right now. Listen, sons and daughters, I'm talking to you. All of you who are sons and daughters of the Lord, those of you who have come into the family of God, I want to tell you something. You must be a revelation of the resurrection of the living Lord in this moment. Because when we do step back into our social gatherings and our workplaces, there needs to be something very different about us. When we step there, there has to be a different testimony. Let not our testimony be in agreeance with, oh, woe is me. Deep, dark depression, excessive misery. If it weren't for bad luck, I have no luck at all. Okay, it's the hee-haw thing. You understand? Listen, when you step back into that, let us find a, a constant flow of a river of resurrection. Let that be in our life. Can I have an amen? So we're talking about the life that overcomes is the life of Christ in me. The life that overcomes is the life of Christ in me. The one Christ, Christ the one who overcomes is the one who's living in me and that life is the life that overcomes the world, even the things that are in the world. Come on. Romans 6, 4, we read it earlier. Just want to read it one more time. That verse 4, it said it this way. Your old sin-living, sin-loving nature was buried with him in baptism when he died. And when God the Father, with glorious power, brought him back to life again, you were given his wonderful new life to enjoy. You and I are given his wonderful resurrected life. The resurrected life of Christ is given to us that we might enjoy the wonderful life of Christ in us. So we're not lonely. You're not lonely. Oh, Pastor, then I feel lonely. I understand. But you're not alone. This scripture says Christ in you, the hope of glory, this Christ. Pastor Dan, what do I do with these feelings? Acknowledge the feeling and then cast it aside and begin to pray in the spirit and let that river of resurrection life flow from your belly out of your mouth and let it bring life to you first, that it might be life to someone else. This is what we call newness of life that we just read about in Galatians. So listen, take a moment here with me. Examine our thoughts. I've had some thoughts during this time. I've even had conspiracy thoughts. I've had thoughts about who is it that's just literally trying to take away your worship while also um, wanting to control your life. I, I've had thoughts. Thoughts have run through my mind. They got in the front door and they got out the back door. 
couple of them tried to take up squatters' rights, and I told them, I'll flush you if you don't go. Are you hearing me? Thoughts. Thoughts happen. I acknowledge that thoughts happen. So what happens when thoughts happen? You don't keep them. There are other thoughts. I have other thoughts. I have these thoughts. The Lord says in Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the thoughts that I think towards you. Well, Lord, what thoughts do you think towards me? Oh, for a future and a hope, for, for good and not for evil. So those are the thoughts I need to be thinking about and let that resurrected flow of water begin to flow out of my life. So uh, listen, we're going to give access to the Holy Spirit to do something. When you're having thoughts and you're not sure what to do with it, say this, oh, Holy Spirit, come. Would you just come right now? I give you access to my heart. Thank you for listening to In Him with Pastor Dan Wormuth of Joplin Family Worship Center. Listen to this broadcast again at KNEO.org. You can also download a podcast version of today's message by searching KNEO on iTunes. Joplin Family Worship Center is located on East 7th Street in Joplin and has ministries for all ages. They invite you to join them this week for Sunday morning worship at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evening service at 7 p.m. Find out more at jfwc.org or facebook.com slash Joplin Family Worship Center. Follow Pastor Dan on Twitter at Daniel H. Wormuth. Thank you for listening. And remember, in Him, you are free.